0: intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net.
1: Well, believe it or not, it is episode 24th, and this time I actually counted. <laughs> I was very embarrassed last time. I was like, hey, everybody, join. It's 22nd again. <laughs> second For the second time. No, so this is 24th, for real. All
2: right, we'll go with
1: 24th. Thank yeah, right. at least that's what I said. It's uh, it's the night before Christmas, It's 24th. Well, uh, you go. That's what we were talking about right before going uh, live, about uh, Christmas tree and decoration and how apparently people are very excited about a festivity this year and uh, they want to go back to some kind of normal. We'll see what that looks like. And uh, But at least we get to... Slung on
2: the windows with very little carrots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, um, somebody has been posting about listening to Christmas music. And uh, actually, I, I think it was, um, who, who was it? I can't remember. I'll think about it. But, and I said, you know, nothing wrong with that. I, I listen to Christmas music during the summer. So it's, uh, it's whatever you make of it. If you want to listen to Halloween and when it's uh, February, that's cool, cool with me as well.
3: It's it's always the season. Or if like if you're a Hallmark Channel fan, I mean, I I think that they're gonna get to a state where it's just all Christmas romance movies, like Three Sixty Five.
1: All year long, always Christmas. Exactly.
3: Yeah, it's always Christmas. Maybe a yeah. little Thanksgiving thrown in. But
1: you know, we we all look forward to the festivity, and of course, we need to respect different festivity. Not everybody, of course, enjoy the 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 holiday. The, that is the christmas but every culture has their own holiday and uh, you know what if it makes you happy why not it's like your birthday want to celebrate your non-birthday go for it
3: well and i think actually in the tech vein of the vine um i th- i think if you look at most of the holidays that occur right around this time they're they're some kind of a festival of lights Right. Diwali is yes. a festival of lights. You know, we, we celebrate uh, with the menorah and the lights. You know, and the, the oil lasting for, for um eight nights and uh, seven, yeah, eight nights. <laughs> uh, but you know, then Christmas lights. You know, it's all ultimately we kind of go back to in a lot of these celebrations the the lights. And I think it's because human beings aren't f- fans of the dark, so we we like technology that brings us light and that we celebrate it.
1: There is something very, very magical about that. Yeah. No questions about it. Imagine when people used to look at the sky just because there was no TV and there was no lighting pollution. And -hmm. they could see the stars the way that we certainly can not see today. I mean, uh, you can try. I remember, uh, Sean, you remember when we were chasing the the last comet that came around? You were trying to get pictures. And I remember you. You got some good ones too, because you were actually in an area with not much uh, light, but it was very difficult. We had to drive all the way up on the mountains in order to even try to see it. And then we luckily we did see it, but uh,
2: so we had, had to escape technology to enjoy reality.
1: <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, wow. I and I lo- then you
2: busted out some technology to capture the moment,
1: of course. I had to uh-huh. pull out, well, you know, it's uh. Picture or it didn't happen. That's that's how it is.
2: Okay. Right? <laughs> you got a decent shot too with the, with the phone.
1: I I did it with the phone and I got extremely lucky. I, I was getting frustrated because I was up uh, in the mountain towards the, the Wilson Observatory. I was like, you know, if it's good for... An observatory got to be good for for me to look <laughs> at the comet and the stars but we stop on the on the street and of course it was one of the last weekend that it was kind of visible and once in a while a car will drive by with the lights so it would ruin my my long exposure and then I was about to give up I took another shot and then I look at the screen and it was like holy shit i got it (laughs) hey yeah it was really good i i i enjoy very much and tonight i know for the people listening live it is tonight but uh for those uh listening to the podcast uh in the day to come they they may awfully they'll they they could have seen it uh there is the the lunar eclipse tonight apparently one that happened It didn't happen for 500 years, something like that, because it's a full moon.
2: I remember that one.
1: Yeah, remember that? I know. We were looking at <laughs> just, it together.
2: Just, just children at the time, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were young at the time. You were only like, what, 300 years old or something? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, remember this. Tonight, I think it's visible from a lot of places. I think on the East Coast, it's about 2, PM, uh, 2 a.m., and uh, it's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be almost a full eclipse, ninety-seven uh, percent wow. eclipse. So, hopefully, no clouds, and you get to enjoy it. Very
3: cool. Might have to. Are you, are you going to be out looking at it with your with your uh, your your astronaut dog?
1: My astronaut dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still have to share that picture. That's Astro, right. Astro dog. She she really loved that costume. I think it was a success.
3: It suited her. And we're going to make an NFT out of her and her a costume, right?
1: Absolutely. Dogs <laughs> for sale. We'll we'll do pictures and, and, and GIF and NFTs. There you go. We're we going to work about that. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Through the Tech Vine collection. We'll see. I like it. Let, let's put our creative ads on. Let's see what uh, will come up. Um, I, I, I say we do. We do it.
3: Yeah. I yeah. got plenty of pets that we could dress up in many different outfits.
1: <laughs> Let's mint them. <laughs> that,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm mint- petless now, so I have to borrow
2: one of yours, Dana. One of yours, Marco. That's you
1: that's cool. Sean? I know he's petless now, but uh, I'm sure you'll you'll work on it really soon. But you know, give it the right time. Yeah. It's uh, and I, I'll give you one of mine. We got three, so. <laughs>
2: I'm sure that'll go well in the household.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, you know, I found I found myself with them, and uh, you know, they they become your kids, and they love them so definitely. The NFTs. The Lunar eclipse. That's what I want to know. Um, hopefully they'll howl quite a bit <laughs> if they like it. They'll howl it.
3: So, have you ever tried to get your dogs to howl, like to have them sing their the song of their their tribe?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, one of my dogs, the one that everybody can see in the profile, uh, the the one I call the Coyote, she she howl. If I howl, she howl back. Oh, she's very very talkative. The other bark, nice. they hear her howl and <laughs> they'll join barking, but they they don't howl. The other one, I think it's uh, part of. Uh, whatever breed she is.
3: Yeah, we had a part husky, and she was a howler. Uh, yeah, those she are was
1: talkative.
3: A, she was a singer. I mean, she had a whole, I mean, it was what would, to uneducated ears might sound off key, uh, but she was really quite a, quite a singer. And of our two dogs who are littermates, so you might think that they would have the same kind of howling uh, desires or, or capabilities, but one of them, Nora, will not, Howl at all, but Nick, if you play the the, the this on YouTube, that this will make your dog howl. He starts to howl, although he gets very confused. He'll howl a bit. We howl with him, and then he looks around like, "Did I do something wrong?" That's uh, the right thing. <laughs> if, you the,
1: if you get the right pitch, I I remember with the with the the harmonic uh, that you could play some notes, and that will really kick into their ears and and kind of make them howl. So. It's uh the call of the wild.
3: Let's there you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this show. Even if we're back to I gotta be honest. I use all the friends that I had. So <laughs> no, no more guests. I'm I'm alone again. I sounds sound like a I sound like a band from the from the eighties. But uh, yeah, alone again on my own. Right and Sean and again. I don't
3: have friends, except yeah, for you.
1: you're my only friend, so that's why I invite you. And Well, went dry, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got to say that uh, I, I checked with the one that joined us before, and they all had a good time, and they are ready to come back. But So we, we may have some repeat soon, and um, maybe some just some special episode. Yeah, oh, I uh, was thinking
2: about uh, literally. Honestly, thinking about maybe there might be some friends to, to join us. I don't know. Expand the horizons uh, a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Everybody can. Time. Topics. Do yeah. you want to be part of it? Just uh, drop a line on, the, on social media and let, let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll work it out. I mean, I love to do this so much that I wouldn't even mind if we were going to do it twice a week as long as there is people <laughs> that enjoy what we do and we don't just talk to ourselves. But I looked at the number. It's interesting. It's uh, it's growing. And uh, and there is definitely many people that uh, look at okay. our little avatar blinking like it's happening right now. And, and the one that listens to the podcast when, he's, uh, when he's done. So it's done says our job to keep it interesting and to... Always bring something new. So We're I was thinking fine. maybe maybe we do a little recap of what we talked about the episode before so people no. know where we come from. Sean, you go. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Now. I'm going
2: to no. miss, miss not introducing the guest. There you go. We got a dog.
3: I know. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll mute if, if he continues to. It's okay. I don't care. Opinion.
1: I don't care. So, There's Sean, you. Was that?
3: I said, there's our guest? <laughs> Nick, oh Nick yeah, will bark for us.
1: <laughs> I can always bring a dog. That's not a problem. Man's best friend, or woman best friend, or dog's best friend too. <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking, yeah, what what we talked about last time? Do you remember? No. I remember because I wrote it down. I wrote it down. <laughs> you got to write it. <laughs> I got to write it exactly. Thanks a lot. I like, just remember
2: blobs of reconstituted chicken being cooked with lasers.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: I had, uh, you know, when I was writing was. the title, I avoided that. I said robots cooking <laughs> with lasers because that old bl- blurb thing, <laughs> it wasn't really appealing. It kind of <laughs> it killed my appetite. Pink like,
3: slime.
2: <laughs> yeah, pink slime, yeah.
1: Yeah, do you remember that little game, the slime?
2: That, I couldn't find pink slime or green Yeah, so. they,
1: they don't do that. It's too disgusting even for an emoji. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what one of the things we, we talked about. We talked about um, possible future and hope of pain therapies. That's what you yeah. spoke about, uh, Diana. Yeah. And then there was the history of transistor radio. The guest was Keenan Skelly. So we ended up talking about music mm-hmm. and um And I came across
2: some uh, antique transistor radios. I sent you a few pictures. You did. Nice.
1: You did. They were actually quite nice.
2: Yeah, they were really cool.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except that transistor, actually, the the little one, that's what they used to call the transistor one. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Those that you sent me, they were probably like 1940s, 1950s, made of wood.
3: Yeah, these were. Oh, I have one of those. Yeah. For my grandparents. I still have it up, up upstairs stored away yeah, does it work old... um i don't think so i haven't checked recently but it is one of those gorgeous wooden you know came in a big wooden case and you know, people would sort of sit around it like it was a, a fire <laughs> you know, it was to fdr probably
1: it was, <laughs> was compare the old radio to the, fe- the fireplace people would sit around it some people will sing tell story read books and spend time together and then the TV came up, and uh, and that became a little less conversational, I guess. Yeah. You just take your attention a lot more. I'm trying to listen to the radio.
3: And now we don't
1: even,
3: <laughs> now we don't even watch the TV, right? You know, we, we, we're we watching multi-screens. People are watching the TV and also looking at their screens while they're in the same room together.
1: I can multitask like that.
3: No. Yeah, mm. I'm not I'm not very good at it either, but I think maybe it's the like gen the zoomers I think might be really good at it. Now imagine in my brains. head,
2: but sitting sitting on the edge of your seat. That that popped in my head. Does anything do that to us anymore? Or are we just numb to
1: Oh uh, like Ooh. like a movie, like a nail yeah. biter or or a a good sport event? That's yeah. that's what you mean? Yeah. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I think there is a lot of people that are still extremely passionate about sport, and, and they yeah. probably do sit on the edge of the of the seat. I don't know about a movie that makes you sit at the edge of the seat, though. Mm. I can't think of one
3: yeah yeah it's a it's a good question do we interact with movies differently because we've had so many big scares and so you know if you think about the those early movies when people really were on the edge of their seats the early horror movies with jump scares that were new or seeing uh, the wicked witch and color for the first time maybe we're just used to that so maybe it is really it's about sports because you never know what's going to happen there
1: Mm. So you think, Sean? You think it's because we are used to it, so we don't get—we know that is. Yeah, I was just—I was just picturing people in
2: the '40s sitting around uh, an old radio, and I, I have one from Europe, and it actually has European bands on it, so you can tune into things from different uh, European states. Mm-hmm. And uh, it immediately brought a vision uh, or a visual of people sitting around listening to. Uh, status of uh, the war and that would put you mm. on the edge of your seat for sure oh
3: that's... oh yeah
1: well you i think we talk about it once or at least i have talked about it with the famous uh the war, the war of the world that uh mm. yep. from ag wells that Orson wells did and people were really freaking out because it was for Halloween night and they didn't know that uh that it, unless they turn it on at the beginning when he said, this is a dramatization of <laughs> this book. Yeah. It was so well done. And it was uh, kind of close to when things started to happen for the second world war that people were like really ready for something really bad to happen. And, and this, they thought it was real. So that I, those they were really on, I don't even know if they were sitting, <laughs> I think they were standing and running at that point.
3: So has anything ever kept you guys on the edge of your seat or scared you enough to, I, I ran out of a movie cause I was so scared. Um, yeah. And it's, it was Fantasia.
1: Wait, what? I, huh? I All was right. in third
2: was it the grade. It was,
3: it was the music. And it was really Wait. loud. I was in third grade, and it was a, a field trip, and really? I was just overwhelmed. I don't know. Mickey overwhelmed me. And I ran out screaming. Wait,
1: that, that, the only one that could have really scared you was, uh, uh, I think it was called Night on Mount Baldi, which is the one with the, with all the monster coming out. So maybe that was that segment.
3: I, I, I guess I'm easily overwhelmed. But so wow. how about you guys? Like, what's ever kept you on it? Scared you or? Edgy your seat. I
1: don't watch horror movies. I just can't. I I don't like it. But there are some that cross the line. I I remember the first time that I saw the the Saturn of the Lamp. Oh yeah. An alien. The first alien. I remember. Yeah. I was, yeah. That coming out
3: kind
1: of the of, stomach. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. I I may have jumped at that point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I I think yeah. I might Texas have screamed. On massacre. yeah Massacre. Oh. Now, were these in the theaters where you guys were seeing them, or at home? Do you think it's scarier in the theater? I think
1: it's scarier. You think it's scarier? I, I think do. it's less scarier for me because I I'd be like around people, hmm. and I am I don't know I I no this one I'm talking. about the
2: energy of other people being scared though that's true. Oh, that's true
3: that's true yeah.
1: that's totally true the crowd. The crowd affecting you.
2: Go with the wave.
3: Yeah.
1: Like everybody scream. You're you're like, okay, I'm going to scream too. Because it must
2: be funny, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Scream when they scream. Oh, I'm supposed to scream here.
3: (laughs) This must be the time. (laughs)
1: Hey, there is a reason why they play the laugh in the sitcom. That's right.
3: That's true. To let
1: you know that it was funny. and, And a lot of people laugh because of that. And you get so used to it that you don't even realize that they're doing that. Um, but if you look back, and many probably that you were looking when you were younger, and and, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I never realized that there was the there was the laugh uh, track under this, and uh, there was.
3: Uh, Cueing us along subconsciously.
1: Mm-hmm. The music does that, right? I mean, the music help you on on the score to make yeah. you feel like scare, or I mean, th- think about movie like, uh you know, each coke and that, that sound, <laughs> that music, that sound effect that, you know, it's a scary thing for one.
3: Have you ever does. rewatched? So like, we just caught Vertigo again, a couple of weeks ago. And some of the scores in the Hitchcock movies went from effective, I think, to like, melodramatic, like especially in Vertigo. <laughs> you know, there's like, no, 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 When Jimmy started, it can't make it up to the bell tower. And it's like, and the music just overwhelming. It it almost borders on the comedic, I think, <laughs>
1: like a little too much.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah is that heresy hard, to say but... that? But yeah. maybe a different time, it, it didn't have that same impact. But now it feels a little like, wow, that's some intense score that's going on.
1: You got you to gotta put it in the context.
3: Yeah, it could have been of the time.
1: Yep. Yeah, stuff that make you laugh uh, maybe at the time doesn't make you laugh now, and stuff that scare you at the time and doesn't make you scare now. So
2: yeah. yeah,
1: cool. Well, I I I definitely want to do some uh, some going back and and rewatch some classic movies that even some I actually haven't watched. Um, as a, as a teenager, I was like, no, nah, that's old stuff. I'm not gonna watch it. And and now maybe I. I understand that there is so much value, a cultural value, into watching something that and really contextualize it in the time that it was done. That's very important.
3: Did you ever have a movie that was so built up in your head you were almost afraid to watch it? Like for Again? Again? Me- no, just time. to watch it at all. For me, it was like Casablanca was one of those movies where I, I'd ah. heard so much about it. It was such a, you know, um, uh, you know, it was so classic. Also Citizen Kane. I mean, I almost was frightened when I started those movies. Oh, see, I'm frightened again. But, you know, I was like, what am I going to see? You know, will I be able to absorb this? And is this going to change my life? Because they get so and then they're amazing movies, but, you know, they're movies.
1: <laughs> but you were not blown away.
3: Casablanca is good. Citizens Kate's yeah, not not blown away. I don't think by either of them. I, I have never great,
1: but... I never hmm? seen Casablanca, so I can't judge.
3: Okay, well, that's your that's your assignment. Then you got to go watch okay. Casablanca and, and tell us if you're. Just completely blown away by. I mean, it's good. It's a fantastic movie. I just, it's not like when I watched Fight Club for the first time or when I watched Ugh. Blade Runner for the first time. I just was like, whoa, my world has feels like it's kind of fundamentally changed. I just didn't feel that with Casablanca. But I, I realized I'm going to get some hate mail after that. So,
1: mm. no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a matter of the time and the context that, that you look at it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I remember I was blown away, if you want to talk about that, and then we can talk about Mm. some tech news, but I'm kind of Mm. diving into tech right now. (laughs) When I watched The Matrix, the first Matrix, and that was in the movie theater, I remember I was with a bunch of friends. I was in Florence. We walked out, and we just couldn't stop talking about it, right? I mean – trying to understand what was going on and, and the scenes and the cinematography yeah. and, and it's right there. So in a way, yeah, did I see it again a few times? But maybe I don't want to watch it again, although now there is the new one coming out, so I'm definitely going to watch that one. <laughs> but that original one, that feeling that I had, um, I don't want to ruin it. It's kind of like what's well, too good.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was so impact, huh? Hmm. So I have rewatched most of the movies that really had a big impact on on me at first, and and they hold up. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of great to just go back and synthesize it again as you've advanced in your life, or or Blade Runner for example, because it hmm. was supposedly 2019. <laughs> so I like- know. <laughs> to, to think about what we thought in whatever it was, 1984, what, what we thought 2019 was going to look like um, mm-hmm. and what it actually looked like, which is kind of cool. But, you know, I mean, like I, I found that almost every movie that I really loved, it, just going back, it's, it's it, if anything, it's better because you're not surprised by it. You're able to, so you can pick up all the, especially like a movie like Fight Club, where they've got mm. all these breadcrumbs through it to show you that the narrator... Um, And sorry, spoiler alert for anybody, everybody knows that the narrator (laughs) and Morton and and Brad Pitt are the same person. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. a split person. And it's very carefully done in the movie. So you can appreciate these details that maybe as you watch something the first time through, you don't pick up those kind of really nice nuances that the filmmakers have done. Yeah. Crap.
2: No, I can't watch it.
3: (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're in for. You know another one that was about the, Actually, makes me think about what what you just said. The the usual suspect. Yes. Right. Where where it just kind of like at the end it all makes sense, but then if you look at it again, you're like, oh, Kaiser Soze, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, when he starts going around that room, the camera starts panning, and you're like, oh, it's yep. all Kevin Spacey. <laughs>
1: So Sean, now you can watch that either. right. you ruined a bunch of stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that you want to bring into the into the conversation uh, that I'm you can ruin them, it for in, us?
2: In general, no. I'm just thinking some that that play out backwards. Some that uh,
1: yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I, I find the, the I find some the, those interesting where they where they're in the head and they're they're portraying it physically in the physical world and, and it's it's really just a mental thing mm.
1: so you're, you're mm. not really
2: watching oh what's yeah what's going on you're just watching somebody thinking about what's going on but they're not always done well i can't remember all of them but,
1: you uh, need a good script right know. there yeah
2: for sure yeah. now but if you're I, playing what i don't like for movies is when when the, it's a long movie it's dragging on an hour and a half and it's very complicated and you have, you have to follow along and and it, it appears to me that at the very end they're like, damn it, we only have ten minutes to wrap this up. Let's explain <laughs> everything with, <laughs> some, with some narration, right? I Let mean let's talk through everything that just happened the last hour and a half and, and oh, help God. people understand. That always upsets me.
1: Yeah, when you have to wait you too long earlier uh, stuff. Yeah. When you have to wait too long, it's something's wrong. Like, you know, cut my attention right away. I never trust when they're like, no, 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 keep watching it. It'll get better. I'm like, you know, if I'm not into it in the first 10, 50 minutes, it's going to be really, really hard to get into it.
3: Or it does feel like they kind of just added extra time. I mean, I've noticed this with, I really love the way that we've changed visual storytelling with the serials on the streaming services, because now you don't have to decide between a movie or a long movie or maybe a, a mini series. You know? Like you can do a 10 episode arc and, and that could be the one thing and you're done, like Squid Game, right? You know, it's like that, They, I guess now it's so popular we're gonna do a season two, but it was only gonna be that one season. But sometimes I think that people are telling stories and the streaming service will say, well, we need 10 episodes. And they come back with, yeah, that's fine, we've got it. But it was really clear when you're watching it that they had maybe seven episodes and the rest of it is just kind of filler. So each mm. episode starts to feel a little bit flabby. I actually really liked Schmig, if you guys have seen Schmigadoon, <laughs> which is actually the name of the show. it Oh, you did see it, Marco? No,
1: no, I was like, okay. what? What's up with that? <laughs>
3: Schmigadoon is uh, with uh, Cecily Strong and Keegan Michael Key, and they get trapped in a nineteen forties musical.
1: <gasps> I got to but watch they're, it.
3: They're modern doctors, and they get trapped in this this nineteen forties musical, and it's pretty. And he hates musicals. She's actually likes musicals. She he hates them, so it's it's pretty hilarious. And of course, those two actors are hilarious. Oh. They have great supporting cast. Fred Armisen's in it, and Kristen Chenoweth. Um, Anyway, it's six episodes, six half hour episodes. And I kinda love that the people that created it said, This is our story. It's really clear, it's really tight. Each episode is right really tight. And they're like, We got six episodes for you and that's it. Instead of okay. like, And you
1: can and you can binge out of it and, and watch them all.
3: Sure. It's a three hour movie.
1: That's good. Yeah. I, I I love musicals, so you, you got my attention there. So yeah, please um, share share with me. I wanna I wanna check it out. Make
3: it it's on Apple TV.
1: All right, I'll, I'll find it, I'll find it. Yeah. So should we keep talking about movies, or? <laughs> I
3: don't know, is this through the movie volume? We're like 30 <laughs>
1: minutes in, and it's one of those episodes that we didn't plan, that we don't talk about tech. You know what, <laughs> let's talk about tech. Let's do okay. that. Let's, let's keep do it. it short, maybe, we
3: do. Let's very get quick,
1: right to the money.
3: Okay, all right. So um, do you guys recognize Set Me on Fire? It's a music lyric.
1: I know Light My Fire from the Doors.
3: Right? No. Nope. No. So it's okay. it's
1: a newer band, right?
3: Uh, not mm-hmm. not that new. It's from the eighties. If like you know, nah, I can't do anything. So like a really, really heavy <laughs> drum beat. Sort of aggressive. All right. Let um.
1: me on fire. I will look for it while you talk. Go for it.
3: Okay. So it's actually it's from this um, album called Atomizer, which is Big Black. And it came out in 86. And my favorite song on that album, it was sort of like my, for me, it was like the soundtrack of that year for me. And anyway, the the song I liked the most on it was Kerosene and Set Me on Fire is from that. So that's why I have this as a uh, yes. Okay. (laughs) That's it. Um, and so you'll hear the drum coming in, Marco. If you keep um, <laughs> okay, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some good stuff. But it was it was sort of the space I was right. in in 1986. Cool. And cool.
1: I'm still there. Yeah.
3: So I've always liked <laughs> Um So when I saw this article on drop-in kerosene, I was like, all right, well, I got to read this. And it's a little bit similar to, so drop-in fuels are fuels that are biofuels that are made in a more environmentally friendly way, but can drop into the existing petroleum infrastructure. So when we talk about renewables, a lot of times we have to actually change how we absorb that, the the energy and how we use the energy. You know, an example is that a, a car, right, we go up to the pump you fill it up with gasoline but if you have an electric car you have to go to a plug station and plug it in Uh, but a drop in fuel is a fuel that can be used in the place of the existing fuel but it's come from it comes from a more eco-friendly place Um, and we had the other sort of intersection point that's interesting is that we had talked a few episodes ago about reclaiming water out of the air because there's water in the air around us and, and using that to Uh, help people in areas that don't have a lot of water to be able to, to have to have water that they can drink and and, Mm -hmm. and cook with. So this one is interesting. It's a, a bunch of researchers in Zurich that are pulling not just the water out of the air, but also the carbon dioxide out of the air. And then they're using very high heat solar energy to process it. They've got they're in Zurich they're on a rooftop with their tests and they use mirrors right now to um, to pull in the e- extra high heat process, the CO2 and the water that they have brought out of the air through a lot of really complicated uh, technology uh, work <laughs> that i won't go into, into but after they do this grab the co2 and the, the water out of the air use the high heat solar energy captured by mirrors they create bio kerosene and that bio kerosene can be used to to uh keep planes in the air because mo- the aviation industry uses kerosene to, for you know, commercial airlines so we we have a lot of this use it's coming from petroleum it's a fossil fuel if we could just basically pull the kerosene out of the air one thing I mean I, I this article I read didn't go into it but I was thinking does that help us because we're always talking about carbon capture you know can we we pull it out of the air so we're not using this heavy fossil fuel maybe we're making the air a little cleaner and then we generate using solar, bio kerosene and it i think is as, as from what i was reading it also burns a lot cleaner so kind of cool what's going on with scientists looking around us and and examining the air and thinking how could we use this air to make our lives better uh, both and one just for capturing the water but now this group in, in zurich with actually trying to make kerosene out of it so and keep our airplanes going so when you think about when you're buying a ticket and maybe your your travel site says, "Do you want to, you know, get carbon credits for this trip?" I mean, we could make that very real. Yes, because the fuel that's moving this plane came out of the air that we're flying through.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was I was thinking about the 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 DAC, the DAC, which is you know the way that you recycle carbon dioxide and it's it's the big thing now because it, you know you want to do the net zero but can you reach that without intervention right and so one of the way to do that is to pretty much recycle the pollution that you create to create energy so i think what you're talking about is exactly mm. it's exactly that and, and the critics of it from what i understand they say well this is just a way to keep polluting <laughs> You know, and <laughs> and kind of using it, and we just don't in, we don't get better, and 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 the, the real the real solution will be to just stop polluting, and it's that's very very tough. But you're right. We we talk about this, and at the end of the day, I say you know anything is welcome right now. Whatever it helps, um, I think it's cool. I mean, why not reuse? You know, it's like recycling the water after you you do the irrigation. Yeah. Why not? Um, you you still save water you still save uh, from polluting the environment so and and i think there are some art lines that are going much greener and uh, and if i'm not wrong they make you choose when you buy the ticket if you want to contribute to that or Mm -hmm. or not i mean i I know i've read something like that so yes
3: yeah and and i think you're right marco that, that you know it's It'd be wonderful to just be able to to trans to, to do everything at once and, and make the world a much greener, more eco-friendly place. But I think realistically we're gonna have to do some of these harm reduction measures on the path to um, being even greener. So biofuels could be drop-in biofuels could be a good bridge.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, I'm I like to sail. And mm. one of the resources that are uh, precious when you're out in blue, open water is fresh drinking water. And they they make desalination devices that you can put on the boat to keep your water supply there when you're out for a long time. You don't have to carry a bunch of water with you. Mm. And I'm wondering, so as I was thinking about that, as you were talking, Diana, and keeping planes in the air, I was thinking well, is this something that could go on a plane and as it's flying, suck up crap <laughs> and create fuel that it can use as it goes so it can kind of self-fuel? I don't know if the technology is to that point or not. Does it have to be ground-based, land-based uh, production of this bio-kerosene, or could it be done on a plane? And does it have to be planes? I mean, do we switch other... Other technologies, something in tractors and things like that. I don't know. They're, they're using diesel. Which is...
1: I, I, think, I think they're trying to do that. Exactly that.
3: Yeah. 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 They, they, they are. They're looking at like biomethanes. And, and I think it's just how they do the mixing of, of what, but kerosene was one of the more promising um, drop in biofuels they could make. That was the big piece of this article and and the paper that just got published is that they're looking at the scalability. The researchers said that they think that it could be half of 1% of the Sahara Desert, if you put a bunch of mirrors there, that you could uh, accomplish generation of enough bio kerosene for the commercial aviation industry for the year. But I mean, then there's the cost of the mirrors, and there's the time. Because you're exactly right, Sean. That's I think that it. I, I forget how long it took, but it's not it's not instantaneous. You know, you need it to be incredibly rapid if you were going to have a plane out there, you know, in the air. <laughs> you know, like it has to. You have to have a high confidence. You can yeah create the, the fuel going on.
1: Yeah yeah but it's I always, mean, always
2: scale I think back to mm-hmm. all the all the tech stuff that I've been involved with, mostly software um, but it it's always there's always some limit that gets hit where it's good, it's really good, it's great, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah <laughs> built antivirus software, you can manage it over a hundred thousand machines, but that multinational that has a million it just falls over and it, it's always scale for me. Scale and, and performance. Mm-hmm. You talk about time as well, right? You can't do it fast yeah. enough.
1: You you know what? It's also psychology. And let if we wait things to be perfect to do it, it's kind of like procrastination. We we're never going to do it. It's like when we talk about the you know the the electric power coming from from water the the other day with the dam and and, and other yeah. things. Like you're always going to wait. I mean the point is even something little is going to help the fact that it is not perfect but it's somehow helping it's kind of like going on a diet <laughs> or going to the gym do something like every day even if you don't have to work out for an hour once a week you know just just work out 10 minutes every day and you're already made more than an hour in a week it's it's kind of like the, the the same thing so yeah. It doesn't have to refuel the airplane it is going, but uh, anything that produces heat—it's—it's it's energy. You can convert it into energy. So, power plants or to to any kind of manufacturing, any any machine that moves produce heat. So, um, yeah,
3: yeah. Not saying it has to be perfect for us to move yeah. forward. Saying too that, many what, excuses. Steps, baby steps. Too
1: many around. excuses. Too many yeah. excuses. What's your excuse, Sean? Goldie Lux. Goldie oh, Lux. Are you talking about the Goldie? Too hard, Marco. I'm it's not going to bother.
2: No. So my sorry, no. Now my story is the same but different. Ooh. The same Ooh. No, it's all it's all about energy, and uh, in this case, uh, we're looking at heating and cooling of buildings. And technology that can be used in place of windows where you don't care to see out, <laughs> but you want the light to come in. So maybe it's skylights or, mm. or parts of a building where somebody's not sitting at a desk and, or sitting on a couch and wanting to look out at the uh, beautiful scenery. But the, the technology, and it's coming out of uh, Duke University, they've created a mirrored glass that basically it's technology inside that depending on the heat and the light will change. Let me see, but what's it called? It changes basically color opacity. It's uh, electrochromatic, chromic, electrochromic, sorry. And uh, it changes to allow light in, deflect light, black out things to help keep inside cool. Uh, let the good light in, blocking the bad light uh, to help keep things warm when it needs to. So the idea is, depending on the temperature inside and the and the lighting outside, uh, these windows or these panels could help warm and or keep cool. Uh, so you don't have to rely on your uh, heater or your air conditioner as much. And so that this technology, and the reason I have gold in the name is uh, in order for them to get it to work they've sandwiched uh, some materials in in this glass and mirror uh, Mm -hmm. device and the the material that they put in there uh, didn't quite work right and they actually had to inject or put a layer of gold on top that would allow the electricity to move through this material uh, without impacting its ability to change color and opa- opacity, and uh, do what it's supposed to do in terms of letting in certain lights and blocking other rays, and and uh, cooling and heating as it's supposed to. So seems pretty cool. Again, this this kind of to the point of scale. It's uh, a nice proof of concept. Um, hard to produce at scale. Hard to get it in use at scale. And because it has, like I said in the beginning. Uh, has a mirror uh, yeah, capability or functionality or uh, yeah, attribute to it. Uh, it can be used in every window. So it's not solving every problem, but where, where it can, and skylights seem like the mo- most obvious, where the sun, you want the light through a skylight, but that ray of, ray of light often heats something. Think about a big warehouse where you don't want a bunch of extra heat. That, that actually could help cool.
1: Not just, not just melt stuff. But but did you say it cannot be transparent?
3: Yeah, I'm confused. Where's the mirror? You don't see it.
2: The mirror is on the outside, helping Mm. to deflect rays of light.
1: Okay. Oh, got it. That
2: uh, that would otherwise heat the inside. Mm. So it's letting the light in, blocking the rays that that uh, conduct heat, but then also, um, yeah, using the opacity and technology people smart than me, figure this out they they can actually release the heat and keep things cool as well.
3: Yeah, can it can it change? Like cuz I could like maybe cuz in the in certain times of the year you want the in the cooler months you want the sun coming in. You want the, to get that solar gain yep. in that right in the building. So Um, But then there are times when you want to deflect it. So could it change? Would it it not be a mirror? Or is the mirror, I I don't know anything about optics. I'm wondering if like, is it always a mirror to passers-by? Because this could be really cool in cities, right? You know, you've got, um, you know, you don't necessarily want people looking in your window, but you might want to look out that window.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the translucent properties in terms of, Pointing, looking out. Um, I don't remember reading anything in here for that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's mainly, I think it's mainly for light, not for viewing through.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. They,
2: they did talk about using it on, on buildings.
1: Um, but that's the key. Yeah. You can turn it on and off accordingly to what the prison is and if you, if you want them to be active or not. So
2: yeah. maybe its, it's like, primary it's... primary purpose is for heating and cooling. Yeah. So re- replacing the the devices that use fuel and electricity to heat and cool these panels, um, which look like windows, um, can mm-hmm. also be used to let the light in and, and and things like that as well. So
1: right.
3: So okay. So it, it's really kind of like <clears throat> it's it's not. A, a, a window technology in the sense that it's something that you look out of. It'd be more like a replacement for a wall because now instead of the wall, just being something that blocks your view and has a lot of insulation, you could be allowing heat in through that wall or yeah. deflecting heat for. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was out. thinking the same thing. It's not really substituting a window. It's substituting a, like a wall or
3: something. yeah. But I mean, it's true because all we do with walls now, like in, you know, we have a net zero home and basically our walls are kind of like thermos, the sides of a thermos. They're just they're We have they're a foot thick and they're super insulated inside. So this way, maybe it'd be like more. And it's just to keep whatever temperature is the same, like the way a thermos works. But this would be being able to use the passive solar Without having to have so much insulation, and and possibly even and certainly in the in the cold months, maybe you wouldn't need to heat at all if you could allow the wall could allow the sun in that low winter yeah, sun. If you
2: can capture the capture the rays of the sun and the light to yeah. do the heating for you,
3: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, especially if we retain it, you you kind of cut uh, the use of uh, like a solar panel at the time. You, you know, you cut the middleman; you just <laughs> use directly the wall.
3: Did they say the R value of it? I mean, I wonder if it does have to be insulated, uh, too. Did they say what the R I value? I
2: don't remember any R value being mentioned
3: okay. No,
2: I didn't read the whole paper. The, the paper may have
3: yeah. details
1: on that. But, the, but I love how people are getting creative with things yeah. that we have been given as like, oh, wall are always going to be walls. Right. And now we are... <laughs> You know, we're like, we consider that, like, does it really just need to be a wall or can you have a functionality that we didn't think about?
3: It's a smart right? wall. Do they call it wall. a smart wall? <laughs> <laughs> is.
1: Or is the wall that does something else too? And uh, if you think about it, even in the, I don't think they did it on purpose when they had a choice, but you know, like all tribes that they will make walls in a certain way, maybe not of course using cement, but using like, I don't know argile or any kind of mud that they get and mix it with Mm. with leaves and and other stuff and maybe uh, you know other kind of natural material because they realize that hey this retain the humidity this is blocking more the heat because you're living in a in a place that is really hot and maybe you know doing igloo when you do it with ice cubes and and kind of counterintuitive but when you don't have anything else to play with and <laughs> it's gonna have to do and it does work right you'd make a hole in the under the snow and you're gonna be you're gonna be warm. So uh getting creative with you know and not giving things for for unchangeable. You know, we go back to you know it's just one of those little things that you can do and uh and it's gonna a piece at a time make a difference.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting you point out the the mix of different things because they had to actually find materials that are often at odds with each other in terms of uh, being able to pass electricity through, but not in a way that impacts uh, light and, and rays and, and other things to pass through as well. And so they had to actually find conductive materials that can change color and let light through, which were if you think about it based on this article, are at odds with each other. So they actually had to f- find things that you wouldn't normally expect to put together to make this work. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, science that advances, and, and we'll, we'll find a use for certain things to do things that we didn't think it was going to be used for. Like recycling the, 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 the combustible as, as you eject it from a plane. Yeah, yeah. go, go, go out, out, out of the air. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't. I don't think I have enough time for my story. I, I'm just going to tease oh. it. Well, you know, it's. Uh, we we talked about movies quite a bit. I, I mean, I I could, but I, I'm going to suggest because it's something I'm passionate about, and it's all over the news. Um, Nvidia just uh, just announced their Omniverse, and it's uh, it's it's their alternative to the metaverse that Facebook changed their name into with meta. So everybody's talking about the metaverse, the, the virtual world, and, and what are the opportunity there. And me being passionate about society, um, I, that's why I called, <laughs> I put my name, <laughs> the other societies here, which I may even misspell as I was writing it. Uh, the, the thing is that um, it's It's happening. Right, so there's there's <laughs> no crash. This um, Ready Player One, all this you, sci-fi world that we have been imagining—it's it's actually happening. You put the goggles on and uh, and you go live in a different metaverse now. Right now, picture didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you you've seen pictures. You you've seen. Uh, you know mark zuckerberg showing the the meeting rooms of people, people. without legs <laughs> and there is a reason for that it's because you're wearing goggles so you can't really reproduce the movement of the legs unless you're wearing like a suit and um it will be really off the movement of the legs compared with the <laughs> movement of the head but eventually you know again if you read you know ready player one you'll you'll know they put complete suit to to do uh, what you see in the movie when they do special effects, so to, to see the limbs moving and stuff. But Why does it have to
2: be a suit? can we just inject the uh, sensors?
1: In the bones, in the blood, you could. <laughs> That's an idea. I could, uh, yeah. But you're fluorescent. <laughs> fluorescent. <flourishing. laughs> <Flourishing. laughs> you, you could do that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some people will get that not the vaccine but that they'll be okay with it well it's gold plated
3: <laughs> <laughs> that makes all the difference <laughs>
1: yeah well I, I think that the, the good thing is uh, if you want to get away from the world the metaverse you take your suit off and you're okay if you if you inject it in your blood uh, you're always there so that would be a thin line between utopia and dystopia what if you can never leave the metaverse Ooh. but what I want to talk about, and again, I'm going to bring it back next time, is the economic consequence of all of this. And I, I we talked about NFTs at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I just did an episode about um, artificial intelligence creating art and then being sold as NFTs, and there is so many people now putting, you know, minting uh, their their art or. Collectible items and so forth, and sell it on on website out there, like Open Seas, that is very, very well known, one of the first out there for collectionists and creators. But there are industries, and there was an article that I just read this morning, where think about the fashion industry, where people that go as themselves in the metaverse, they are actually buying signature clothes to wear in the metaverse because Mm. we are projecting our you know our society and interaction with with other people there so you know there are companies that are making steps to move in like uh designers uh because People want to play the, the video games or being seen in the metaverse wearing uh, a look that they like. And the people are ready to pay a lot of money for a Gucci bag, per se, that uh, they will buy in the real world. And they also want to wear in the, in the virtual one. And um, that's pretty big. Uh, I'd like to know quickly what, what you think about this all. This whole commercialization and creating an alternative persona, where you're actually spending real money to to create that in the in in the virtual world.
3: Yeah. started <laughs> going, bleh. just went on mute. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I it's, so I'm not a big into the designer stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like quality clothes. I like cotton. Um, which is a big thing for me, but yeah you know, paying a lot because it's it says Gucci on it or because it says you know Alexander McQueen or something I, I that's not my thing. So the idea of thinking about paying a lot for something like that in the metaverse is a little bit weird. on the other hand, look it's already happening. It's already happening in these these massive these multiplayer games where you have to pay more to get you know you get a, a prettier, shirt or you can get, it may not be designer or you get a better hammer if there are hammers in that game. So I think people are already acquiring things in these games. So if, if however, anybody spends their money and what they want to spend it on is obviously a-okay. I just get a little concerned with people that maybe don't have a lot of extra money getting kind of caught up in buying These things thinking, oh, maybe I can sell my digital Gucci bag in the future. It's going to accumulate value. And then finding out that it doesn't actually have value, that makes me sad thinking about people spending on things that may not have long value. But if they're spending on something because they want it and it gives them joy, then who cares if it's digital or physical? Like, get that, grab that joy.
2: This is such a huge topic, man.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. It, yeah, it is, I think, and I I, I'm I bringing it back. The
2: whole episode next time.
1: I'm, uh, I'm bringing uh, the whole episode on the metaverse because, like I said, I'm reading uh, a lot about it. I think it's fascinated, uh, fascinating, and and there is gaming application, of course, which, as you mentioned, it's already happening. There is the functionality of certain things, like you mentioned. You know, you, you're playing a video games. So you want a you want a better. A higher score, defense shield versus. I mean, that's right. always been happening since the the multiplayer uh, games out there. But as people move their persona into the metaverse and they are actually seen, it's just not experiencing a museum or or you know, like Google Street or anything like that. But you're actually interacting with your friends. It's it's natural that that you want to look in a certain way. Well, and cool. I agree with you when you're saying, well, but on one case, you're saying, you know, I like to wear soft stuff because it feels good and I don't ah, need the brand, yeah. but I, it's cold in the winter. I want it to be cozy.
0: Okay. And
1: how do you apply that to the metaverse? Is it just a, an aesthetic attribute or is it actually so have a functionality for it? Like you're buying shoes, you're like, okay, these are nice, and they're also really good quality. Maybe I can wear them for for three years, four years, instead of something that I pay less and maybe broke. So you make that kind of decision. Can you make that kind of decision and drop a lot of money, you know, in the metaverse? So it's really intriguing when you think about a, a utopia, a dystopian vision of, of this. But so- it's happening.
3: So are we talking about a meta-Thanksgiving then, next episode?
1: I think we're talking about a meta-Turkey. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so Sean, (laughs) what's the plan? Because Thanksgiving, it's uh, it's Thursday, and we're not going to go live on Thanksgiving. So what are we going to do?
2: Get your goggles.
1: (laughs) We're going to be a virtual Thanksgiving (laughs) episode, (laughs) which we record... uh, We'll, we'll, Tuesday
2: we'll, we'll still entertain on Thanksgiving but uh, we'll be enjoying it as we're eating our stuffy like everybody else.
1: All right. It's so the magic uh, of we'll
2: technology. have something. we'll have something for everybody to So need.
1: the plan don't is Don't worry, we're not going to be
2: working on Thanksgiving.
1: No. So but the plan is that we go live recording on Tuesday instead of Thursday, same time, noon Pacific Standard Time. And then uh, you guys can enjoy it anytime you want. It'll
3: be delicious. On Thanksgiving.
1: It will be be meta-delicious. You can can lick your goggles of how good that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, this was a a little different. A lot of movie talking. And uh, for the first time, we actually have a plan for... For next weekend, who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll bring a, a friend. A Sean, do you have a friend? I have no friends. Just walk in the middle of the street, grab somebody, give him a <laughs> give him a mic, and <laughs> it's not too crazy, okay? Not too crazy. <laughs> All right, I'll, uh,
2: I'll keep it
1: keep it clean. It, it's up to you. It's up to you. nice. All Thanks. Right.
3: Thanks for that pressure.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Go in Central Park, see who yeah. you find there.
3: It's a lot of people in your
1: city, Sean. Yeah. Grab a goose from
2: the lake.
3: (laughs) You want a goose
1: talking about a meta, a meta turkey? That could be interesting. Meta goose. A meta goose. There you go. All right, everybody. This was uh, quite fun. At least I hope you had some fun and uh, thought about some things. Maybe watch an old movie. Why Um, not? Enjoy. That's good. Enjoy a classic. Whatever classic is for you, if that's uh, Top Gun, do that. If it's going with the wind, why not? Go with the wind.
2: <laughs> and with that, I'll let this one go with the wind. Have a good week, everybody. Catch you next week.
3: See ya.
0: Music. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company